0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. we live. We live.
1: We spoke with Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer yesterday, and I completely forgot to mention the most important thing that we even got from that interview. And it was the last question delivered in dramatic fashion, I asked him what player that Miles Bridges compares that he compares Miles Bridges to. And it was a Charlotte Hornet that I asked for, but no, he he went off the cuff, not only just for any kind of Charlotte Hornet, but for any NBA player ever to play the game. How about Rick Bennell giving us Ryan Gomes? How about giving us Ryan Gomes as the guy that he compares to? And, and I and I love don't. and and I love Rick and here here's the clip. I, I love the dramatic end too that Rick gives us.
2: I don't know about a former Hornet, but somebody when I asked someone, I said, um, "Who does he remind you to remind you of historically?" I heard a comparison that I thought was really interesting. Oh yeah! Somebody said he's a more athletic uh-huh. Ryan Gomes. Oh,
1: Ryan Gomes stick the landing. What? I love it. Ryan um, Gomes, a guy that it has been in NBA obscurity pretty much his entire career, and that I would have never. You could have given me a hundred guesses. To compare Miles Bridges to or what that scout said to Rick Bunnell, Ryan Gomes, pretty sure that guy's not coming up.
0: You know, I had a comp of Devin George, but Ryan Gomes. Devin George, jo- is that your comp? That's that, a, that that's a pretty obscure my- one. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to do,
1: right? So Devin George, that's a pretty solid one to lead us off here with, not as on base with a single. I want to know some of the more obscure NBA players that are out there that basically you have to, like, majority of the people have to know, because that's the hard part in all this. How would you consider an NBA player obscure? Because you can't just go to the 15th player on the bench. It Mm -hmm. can't be the guy fighting to make a roster and then going back and forth. Yeah, going back and forth between the G League and fighting for a roster spot, 15th guy. Like, they have to have played and played a decent role, but also be obscure enough to not be a starter. Or, you know, if they are a starter, they can't have been crazy memorable.
2: I think it has to be a player that when you bring up their name, they are immediately recognizable by your average NBA fan, but would not be a name that they would bring up in everyday conversation. Like, Do they
1: have to be reminded that that person exists, but or, oh, yes, he did exist in this world.
2: Exactly. He, he must immediately come to your mind, and probably with a particular team. Like when you mention Ryan Gomes, I think you immediately think of him in a Clippers jersey. That was his... That was his main team, his main squeeze. Well, yeah,
1: and and Celtics, too. Celtics, though, yeah, too.
2: Like, was there any other?
1: Clippers, you're right. Like, I think Clippers do come to mind more so than the Celtics. I believe the Celtics drafted him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he started with the Celtics. So uh, how how many teams are we missing? Are we missing teams? Let's do that. How many teams are we missing? We've got Clippers. We've got Celtics. Nets.
2: You're. No, No, Brooklyn Nets, incorrect. You said that
1: confidently, too. Put your foot down. Yeah. No Nets for you. What's he played for the he coached the Long
2: Island Nets?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what you were getting confused for. Right. Was that was in an assistant coach.
2: He was an assistant coach for the Long Island Nets. So you're missing uh, two NBA uh, teams. Did he play for the Kings? No. Well, right. it's got to be
0: Minnesota's um, own. Uh the
1: yeah. only other guess that I would have, uh, Minnesota might not be. Well, maybe couldn't that trade with Al is is that Minnesota is correct. Yeah. I wonder if he came over in that trade for Al Jefferson. I believe so. In
2: 2007, that that seems to line mean, up in, that the, would, in the timeline.
1: That would be that's a good one. So we got Minnesota, and I don't I don't know what other guess I would have. He out there. ended
2: his guess. NBA career in Houston? 2013-14 with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay,
1: wow. wow. I would have not I would not have guessed that, but that's a fun fact. How about tying? all of our loose ends together and relating it to the show that ryan gomes actually was traded i would imagine at least to the t wolves for al jefferson we need to probably check on that before we just put it out there and cement.
2: how about this name pops Mintsabonsu. oh that's a great, that's a great one. one god
1: that's that's probably that might be a home run pops Mintsabonsu. that's what i call my dad every once in a while I'll just say pops Mintsabonsu. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of the greatest names of all time in basketball Ops. history. Remember wa- MD. Yeah, right. George Washington, I remember watching him play there and immediately fell in love with the name. How could you not? That's one of the great ones.
0: I, I also think of Von Wafer.
1: Von Wafer's a pretty good one. That's that's solid. Von Wafer is good.
2: Benoit Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's if if you were to go like what's is Pops Mintsabantu the best one because that's a na- it has name value that everybody remembers as well.
2: Linus Kleza.
1: Oh wow. Oh wow.
2: <laughs> Eric Mayer. Eric is a good one. I love it. I love all of these I, obscure NBA players, but Ryan Gomes might still be the best one in my mind.
1: Right. It's amazing, right? Like Rick Bunnell beat us at the very game that we got because of the thing that he said. Because I mean, he didn't the even scout.
2: know The scout told him. The it, scu- and that's such a, by the way, that's such yes, a hipster right. scout thing to do is to just give you a name. That and that's not a name that encourages anyone. It's not a name that's going to set you on fire. It's not a name that says that Miles Bridges is going to be a star. It's a name that a scout get this this skill set matches perfectly. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's the body, the skill set. You know, you know, what comes to my mind, Ryan Gomes. Yeah, I man. Oh, if you remember him, I don't know if you remember where Ryan Gomes where he played, but then you just go in on this obscurity. Great, it was a great answer. It leads off.
2: Mamet Okur, hmm. all star. <laughs>
1: All star, all star, obscure NBA player. That one's tough. Can you find? Now we've taken this to a new level. Can you find me obscure all stars that people will not remember unless you remind them? That never come up in in just any kind of NBA conversation. Please do. Please do. We'll try to move on. Doug will keep on working on this, and I want to figure out as we go for the show today through the show today. I want to get more of these obscure NBA all stars. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast, where we talk about obscure NBA players. Walker, mail not Edwards, and Doug Branson in here. You can find all of our show handles, all of our handles as well on the show notes. Walker Mail, Not of the Scribe, Doug Branson, loh and you can find our show handle at locked on hornets so opening night just a week away against the milwaukee bucks we'll take a quick break we'll come back with more on the regular season action that is just a week away here so we can finally get some games that mean something and uh we'll talk about their game against the milwaukee bucks october 17th it's almost here so stick around we'll be back after the break
2: chris
0: gatling This is Locked
1: On Hornets. Ten Al Jefferson, nine Anthony Mason, eight Gerald Wallace, seven Baron Davis, six Dale Curry, five Glenn Rice, four Muggsy Bogues, three Larry Johnson, two Alonzo. Morning. Nice. Number one, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Woo! Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Speaking of bucks, what about Dan Reach?
2: <laughs> oh wow, I like that one. one.
1: That's a deep one. Can't
2: That's... spell it, but I like
1: it. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's it's one deep in the cut for the old Milwaukee Bucks. Elliot Perry. Perry's mm. a deep one. Maybe that one doesn't even count. Maybe that's too obscure. Irvin Johnson. Let's go Irvin Johnson. Starter on that team that the Hornets actually Not Magic lost Johnson, to. Folks. Not but Not Irving right. Magic right. Johnson. Right. But, but the other Johnson. Irvin Johnson. The other Irvin the other. Johnson.
2: How about how about this All-Star in 1995 was a did play for the Celtics, but he was an All-Star for the Philadelphia 76ers? Dana Barros. Dana Barros. Dana Barros. That's a good
1: one. That's a good obscure NBA player. It is obscure. Kenny Smith said, when asked on NBA Open Court, which is phenomenal television. Kenny Smith said, like when asked what obscure guy always just seemed to go off when you played against him. It can't be a star that everybody remembers. It has to be some obscure guy. Dana Barros was his answer. For some reason, Kenny Smith said he couldn't check Dana Barros. All right, let's get to some Charlotte Hornets here. Uh, opening night, like we said, just a week away against the Milwaukee Bucks. We've seen preseason, and the Hornets have looked pretty decent at times. You know, different mm-hmm. different stretches here, different stretches there, where they haven't looked so good. Uh, we've seen a lot of experimentation with different lineups. We got the itty bitty bugs lineup that we haven't seen from Steve Clifford Barrego putting that into use with the preseason. They're three and one. You know, they beat the Celtics once, uh, they lost once, they beat the Heat, they beat the Bulls. So they're three and one on the preseason. And we've learned some interesting things throughout this process. Maybe Frank Kaminsky, probably I would I would say the biggest storyline coming out of it, just one yeah. of your recent first-round draft picks, doesn't look like he's going to be in the rotation. Or in the league. And possibly, and certainly you know at being off the team is a realistic possibility. So that's the number one story. But just overall, has preseason and training camp changed your view of how the Hornets could finish the season?
0: Yes and no. Yes, I thought they were going to be good enough to be a playoff team from jump. No, because I thought they were going to be a playoff team from jump. The one thing I will say— I don't know anything you just said right
2: there. Wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on.
0: We just were told
1: yes and no, yes because I thought they were going to be a playoff team from jump, and no because I I thought they were going to be a playoff team from jump. So
2: then the answer is no. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine.
1: All right. All right. That's it. Yes. Excellent analysis from nada. Doug, let's go to you. What, what have you seen that has changed your view about a postseason possible run? Have you seen anything that's changed your mind?
2: Well, I think to me, the offense is going to be better than I thought it was going to be. And the defense might be worse than I thought it was going to be. I've said before on the show, I think we're going to see this season, this team blow out some teams and we're going to see them get blown out as well. But I, I, for those that are really concerned about the defense, I will say this for Borrego. He is concerned with making this a modern NBA team where Steve Clifford, for a variety of reasons, one of which is that he was fighting for his job, wanted to turn this into a playoff competitive team. So that's you know what influenced a lot of Clifford's decisions. But Borrego just wants to make this a, a modern NBA team. And by the way, the Hornets are a little late to the game Uh, Milwaukee this preseason. Mm -hmm. I I was looking at a stat from our boss, David Locke, said last year they took 56% of their shots, Milwaukee did, from the restricted area or from beyond the arc. Already this preseason, that number is up above 80%. So the Hornets are not alone and try to modernize their team. B-
1: Boots is going to get them running, man. Like, that's going to be, that was a great hire for them. And that was easy. Budenholzer basically had his pick of where he wanted to go, right? I mean, yes. I forget what other teams were in the mix at the time. Phoenix. But I, and possibly, I, and I forget, maybe the Raptors were in that as well. Did, yeah, he had, he had an option between the Raptors and the Bucks at some point, didn't he? I, I believe that was it. But even anyways. I wouldn't go to Toronto if you paid me that much. Well, and I, I would. I would certainly coach Kawhi Leonard and company. I, I don't they think didn't that would have be a Kawhi bad. Leonard
0: at the time well yeah,
1: I would still I would still go there and be just fine coaching him but you're right I think I would have chosen the Bucks as well just because they are younger you do have Giannis, you have who, Giannis. And, and Giannis is probably the guy and we've seen him hit a couple of pull-up threes already in preseason we know this because NBA Twitter has run rampant with it so it's possibly magna, magnified a
0: little bit more we've I've seen this before because we were talking about Giannis hitting threes in preseason last year yeah Right. This is a mirage, possibly. And, and it pro- and it possibly is, but Budenholzer's going to have that team
1: running. Um, I, I've got the Charlotte Hornets being better than I thought. I, I think overall, if you were to weigh the defensive woes and weigh what we've seen from offense, I just think that this team is a little bit better than I thought. I think the number one thing I go to is the improvement from Miles Bridges from Summer League to now. That guy did
0: not look like that at Summer League.
1: He was not the best player. He wasn't the best rookie that the Hornets got in he summer league. Wasn't the, he wasn't
0: he was the third best player there. I mean... He was the third best player. It's To me,
1: seeing Miles Bridges improve the way he did, the decision-making you saw, even against the Bulls, where he didn't have a fantastic game, he only had those two points that came in exciting fashion, you saw a couple of times where he was able to swing it quickly. He made the fast decisions, and it wasn't a turnover. They were right ones. It just is a guy that looks more comfortable, and not to mention, yeah, we will take the 20 points and the improved three-point shoot.
0: Agreed. A guy that you said shifted either positively or negatively from me, negatively, is Dwayne Bacon. I thought he was going to push at least Malik for that two-guard spot yeah, he didn't be the much backup three spot. He's gone from... I think he's going to be one of the 12 that play to – this kid is going to be spending a lot of time with Devontae Graham during home stretches in Greensboro. Well,
1: I, I just think I think Dwayne Bacon is somebody that I, I wanted to see take a next a, another jump. And I thought at summer league there I, he was he was good. I thought there was he was, okay. he, he was good at summer league. I think there were some things he did that was pretty well, but uh, did pretty well. But maybe there were some things that he didn't. I thought Dwayne Bacon was a guy that possibly you would have wanted to see more from, but you know, not alone just let alone Miles Bridges who improved quite a bit. You know, Jeremy Lamb continues to play very well.
0: And My X Factor in the Dime article I wrote
1: And, and I'm excited. Oh, oh right. shameless plug. No, that's fine. Yes. No, we'll plug it. It's your show, Nada. You get to do that. It's no shame in the game when it's on your show. Go check it out. At Nada the Scribe tweeted it out. You can check his article out on Dime. But I think Jeremy Lamb, very, very good player and has been playing well. By the way, uh, second highest rated player on 2K alongside Cody Zeller yeah, I heard that after Kemba Walker, Jeremy Land getting some love from the video game. But also, I like the fact that Marvin Williams is shooting more threes. I think that is going to help. I don't think he bounces da- right back down to the 35 that he's kind of roller coastered the last four years with, sh- not being the greatest shooter ever, shooting 40%, going back down in 2017, 2016, 2017, and shooting back up again. I think it's a guy, because of the way – he says he shoots like 500 shots a day, 500 three-pointers when we've talked to him on the wake-up call before. Hey, Marvin has put in the work. I think he's at least – 37 38% shooting you increase the volume i think that is something that helps his team as well i like what i've seen for the most part this preseason
2: i think it's really interesting that they're asking Marvin Williams to be a more aggressive offensive player because after that Well play- it seems
1: just shooter though right i, I mean and, and yes it is offensive but well i think there is a little bit difference you're not ISOing him up you're not having him cut i mean it's strictly standstill shooting you're you're saying you're saying there's no difference
2: well i'm i'm just saying his uh, what my point was that his usage percentage over the past few seasons since that playoff year has gone down pretty significantly. So that he would be that they're asking him to be a bigger part of the offense.
1: Was I the well actually guy right there? <laughs> Got a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Was little that bit. was that too bad? Was that was that just like big basketball nerd boy, well actually? Yes. Theo
2: it, Ratliff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a good
2: NBA All Star that would then turn into the expiring contract of Theo Ratliff. That's what he's more I mean, that man's noted. from
0: Demopolis, Alabama. I ain't going to say too much about him.
2: Theo Ratliff.
0: Wyoming grad. You can also have
1: which player has shifted most. Again, you talked about positive or negatively. We mentioned all the positives here. I don't think there's any question it's Frank negatively. And then you mentioned Dwayne. I think that was a, an appropriate response, too. I think that was another guy that possibly you could put there. And, again, you know, you, you look at Borrego and the way he wants to run this offense. He said a practice Tuesday. He said that they're trying to manage Cody Zeller's minutes and rest him to prevent further injury. That was something I mentioned as a possible worst-case scenario for this Hornets team. Like You can put injuries a part of any NBA team, mm-hmm. but Cody Zeller is just somebody that's kind of had the frequency of injuries the past couple of seasons, and you know how important he is. So, again, what player do you think, aside from Kimba,
0: do they need to keep out of a suit and in the uniform the most? Malik, and I don't think it's close. I think Malik is very important in terms of spacing the floor for that second unit, allowing a bench spark plug. If he gets hurt, someone's going to have to explain to me where the scoring is coming from on that bench unit. Wow, unexpected. I did not know this was coming today. Satchel Wednesday. All right.
1: Wow, what's going on? I'm excited.
2: The satchel is full, folks, because we are mere days away from the regular season, and it has been building it is overflowing with NBA LOLs. All right, let's dig way down deep here. All right, I've got Want it. some good. And oh, speaking of injuries,
1: general excitement or genuine excitement? though no.
2: This uh, NBA LOL is courtesy of our old friend Dwight Howard, who is out right now with a buttocks injury.
0: Ah, uh, that's not wait, how we wait, call it. Wait. What kind of? What kind of? <laughs> what kind of buttocks injury? No.
2: It's a buttocks muscle injury. It has a long name, which is hard to pronounce. I'm not even going to try. This
1: sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Dwight Howard suffering a buttocks injury, but as our friend Rick Benell might put it, from his story that he told from our Matt Geiger craze oh, that we no. went through this summer, Dwight Howard suffered a good old ass pole. How about uh, that? The ass pole rears its ugly head oh, once again. Yes. After, after getting mad Geiger all those years ago, it catches another Charlotte Hornet. What's in the water here in Charlotte? These assholes getting big men
0: No, no, here. no, 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 no. Don't blame this on us. Shanghai. Shanghai. Shanghai.
1: It was because it was the plane ride, right? That yes, he, it that was. was the, that was the excuse that he gave. That was the reason his back was hurting, but it's actually an asshole.
2: <laughs> I'm going to try this piriformis muscle putting pressure on his sciatic sciatic sciatic
1: i'm gonna say sciatic
2: Sci- sciatic nerve yeah all right very
1: good that's that's a good old college try um yeah how about that ass pull from dwight howard and matt geiger i love it i love that actually that was a real injury we all laughed at rick and the story that he told but it turns out it's a real thing it's a real thing up on patreon today my season preview for locked on nba david Locke just tweeted that out yesterday and it was a think of five teams were mentioned in that, maybe six teams were mentioned in the NBA preview that he did yesterday, the Hawks, the Celtics, amongst a couple of other Eastern Conference NBA teams. So you can find my season preview for Locked On NBA on Patreon, and we'll have some giveaways coming up in advance of opening night. Patreon is our members-only site. It's where our die-hard fans go to support the show and get some cool extras. And so patreon.com slash L-O-H is the place where you sign up. You can sign up today for as little as $1 and you can keep our free content flowing
2: by the way dwight howard day-to-day this is not career threatening so we were we're just having a good laugh at the at the ass pole, not <laughs> at dwight howard being
1: injured no that would be bad if i think we could all mix that if any of us thought dwight howard was going to be out for any significant amount of time so dwight howard suffers the ass pole and we don't make fun of him because it's just going to be a couple or we do make fun of him just because it's going to be a couple of days so we'll take a quick break we'll come back with more here on the lockdown hornets podcast on the lockdown podcast network you are listening to the locked on hornets podcast did he go with myers leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line oh on did it? i
2: say leonard i meant Miles turner okay <laughs> you did i think okay. you said that Myles was leonard. on me <laughs> sorry about that that's a bad mistake
1: i know when i think shooting big men myers leonard is the first guy that comes to mind absolutely i was thinking steve clifford and i might be hot the shot, shot
2: myers leonard
1: <laughs> that's that's his nickname it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets
2: podcast.
1: What about Ron Mercer? Is Ooh. that a good one? Going to go to Chicago. I'm putting my chips in with Ron Mercer.
0: I got another one. All right. Alvin Robertson.
1: Alvin Robertson, that is he too good? Robertson was really good, but yeah, it, was it was a while ago. But was he was really ago. good. I don't know if he can be in the obscure one, but it's, it's one that we haven't probably thought of in a
2: while. Well, and, and that's the thing. If you go deep enough, if you get into the 70s, then all of a sudden, <laughs> yes. I mean, there are obscure players all over the place. That's, I was trying to keep mine to, like, 89.
0: Okay, James first. Edwards line. You happy now? That's all right. James Edwards is fine. All right, welcome to the Locked On (laughs) Hornets Podcast on the Locked On
1: Podcast Network. We're back here, and uh, some shots fired at you guys. All the listeners listening right now. What? Shots fired directly at you. Get the strap. Chicago Bulls podcast extraordinaire, Locked On Bulls, they came at you, and they were discussing the game against the Chicago Bulls here at the Spectrum Center between the Charlotte Hornets and themselves, and they were basically... Clowning the way that nobody showed up for a preseason game. Here's the clip from Locked On Bulls.
2: And how about uh, also shout out to Charlotte Hornets fans, the the or I should say lack of fans that showed up to last night's game because the beginning of the tip off they did like a huge like huge pan of the crowd and there maybe was I was going to say like twelve
1: maybe. people, like there were a few more that trickled <laughs> in as the game went on, but yeah, that was uh, pretty pretty pathetic. That's it's it is a testament to how insane Bulls fans are that even for preseason games. There, you know, there are Bulls fans that show up, and even if the Bulls are bad again this year, those home games, that stadium will be packed. It's you know the the Bulls organization. I think they know, but I feel like sometimes they don't know just how lucky they have it that their fan base is rabid. And for all of the fire guard packs hashtags on Twitter, and for all the billboards that get put up, Bulls fans come out in droves, on the road, at home. As can't help it. Bulls fan for life is pretty much just a thing that you are, and um, a lot, a lot of other organizations in this uh, in this league don't have it that good.
2: So wait a minute, they're clowning Hornets fans for holding, essentially holding the organization accountable for the product that they put on the floor, and saying, yeah, you know, Bulls fans, they're great. I mean, they put up all these billboards, fire guard packs, and the organization doesn't do anything because they know we're a bunch of idiots that will pay. Top dollar for any ticket on any product. I mean, what kind of, what kind, I mean, well, you know, what kind of uh, uh, an insult is that to Hornets fans?
0: I mean, I'm really going to have a hard time taking serious any kind of criticism from a team whose biggest highlight was Bobby, punching, Bobby Portis punching Nikola Miniritich in the face last year.
1: That was the greatest storyline that they gave us last season. The Bulls are a bad basketball team. Zach Levine was probably the only bright spot that you got from the Charlotte Hornets uh, game against them, at least on their side. And yeah, I've, Charlotte Hornets fans getting clowned for not showing up to a preseason game.
2: And I, look, I think Hornets fans are waiting for an exciting product to be put on the floor, and they've been waiting for that for several seasons now. And to the Hornet's credit, they are starting to put that product on the floor. Miles Bridges, Malik Monk. They've lowered prices of concessions. I mean, they're doing things to bring fans back in, but that it takes effort and it takes time. But I just I think it's ridiculous that in our, their argument is that our fans will pay any amount of money and just be abused as much as, as, as they can take. By the organization, and that somehow is a good thing.
1: So that that's our. And by the way, at the end of that quote, they joked about how tickets for sales were two dollars. One, you know, he got as low as two dollars, and our oh, hot dogs. Excuse <laughs> me. Our, our hot dogs are now four dollars at the Spectrum Center
2: in their ivory tower of Chicago. Just paying, you know, ninety dollars for a so, preseason. That sounds great. That sounds amazing.
1: So what I want you guys to do are our, our locked on Bulls, their family, but also their foes at the same time. What I want you to do is they're at Jordan C. Maley is one of the hosts there, and also. So at Bulls Peck, Bulls underscore Peck, that's Matt Peck. They do a great job, but they clowned you, and I don't think you guys should stand for it. You guys should tweet at them all day long. Again, Jordan C. Mailey and Bulls underscore Peck, and you should go at them, and you should go at them hard.
2: And here's the thing. I would love to see the Spectrum Center more full on preseason, so the, the onus is on fans as well. I think fans need to understand, and we've been talking about it on this podcast, that The Hornets are doing some exciting things on offense. They are going to be a more fun team to watch this year, and it is on fans to get into the Spectrum Center and cheer them on.
1: Have we made it now our enemy, the Chicago Bulls? Are they now our enemy now? I mean, do we have to make sure? They're our sworn enemy. Is that the team you have to beat most this season? Like, If we lose every single game but Chicago, would you consider it a successful season?
2: No, it would not be a successful season if we do not beat the Chicago Bulls
1: i agree Four I think times, if you if you do beat we play him four
2: times i don't even know i don't even, know even if we play him three times i want him to beat him four times
1: if you beat if you beat chicago then i'm happy i'm happy that there are there are enemies now i don't even think about them <laughs> Nada taking the high yep Nada just taking the high road for once yeah for once Nada actually doing that all right there you go you guys got clowned you have some homework to do for the rest of this week just Hashtag go Walker's on after me. those guys and make sure that you heard them and that you're not going to stand for it We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do and make more sales. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow.